Welcome to ConExec, global leadership platform for construction executives. I am Matt Ellis with Ace Consulting and happy to have on our podcast today, uh, Mr. Joe Egan. Joe, welcome. Well, hello, Matt. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to this. Yes, absolutely. We are as well. So, Joe, getting started here, if, if you could tell us a little bit about your history. Uh, I know that you've got some books. I know that you've got a consulting company. I know that you uh, were in construction as well. Could you could you tell us a little bit about your history? Sure. Way back when, <laughs> I started in the construction business as a uh, plumber apprentice when I was 16 years old here in Minneapolis. I worked my way up the ladder, uh, estimator, project manager, executive, vice president. Uh, eventually became owner of what's called the Egan Companies. Uh, we are seven different specialty construction companies. Uh, one of the largest in the nation. Uh, during those years, I learned to negotiate millions of dollars in construction contracts based on the right price, not the low price. That's not fun. Uh, and I accomplished this through uh, trusted long-term relations and successful presentation skills, which uh, I know a lot of people don't like doing that part of the business, but I just got so sick of dealing and trying to survive in the low bid market. And I, I said, I, I'm not going to do that. So I, I disciplined myself for many years, uh, learning how to build, maintain, and certainly not destroy customer relationships. And then pre successful presentation skills, n not so much on the, you know, the left brain, logical scheduling, tonnage schedules, because I feel that, that they really doesn't separate yourself from the competition. Uh, so I did it more on the right brain, emotional side. Uh, and I retired early at 50 years old. Okay. Presently, I'm the owner of my construction consulting company called Egan Connection, Inc. And I have a publishing company called Egan Publications, Inc. And I've authored four books, having uh, worldwide sales. Uh, one book is called The General Contractor, subtitled How to Be a Great Success or Failure. Uh, the second book is Construction Project Management, subtitled How the Great Ones Do It. The third one is Presentation Skills that Win Construction Projects. And the final fourth one, Building Positive Character, subtitled 50 Tips on Empowerment, Overcoming, and Success. Uh, concluding, uh, I'm also on the advisory board for Minnesota State University School of Construction pa Management. I'm a past supervisory training instructor for Associated General Contractors. I write articles for various construction industry publications. And finally, I'm hired by many contractors, primarily general contractors throughout the nation, to speak at their company events uh, based on uh, my books. Great, awesome. That that's very interesting to hear. A lot, obviously, a long and uh, story career. I was. I, I'm glad you kind of went into it. I was going to ask you, uh, in doing a little research ahead of time here, looking at your LinkedIn profile, I saw the uh, the Egan publications and the Egan uh, connection. I think it was maybe 2007ish, past 2007. I think I didn't see anything, but at that point is when uh, you were involved in the actual construction company. Is that correct? Yes, I retired in 2005. Okay, 2005, got it. 
so tell me a little bit about your company's history and maybe the, the publications, Egan Publications, Egan Connection. What what led you from your construction business into those kind of different areas uh, of construction? Well, and, and then obviously publication, completely different area. <laughs> I know, because <laughs> a lot of my friends say, they don't have time to read a book, much less write one. Uh, what got me motivated, my first book, uh, which was The General Contractor, How to Be a Great Success or Failure, uh, a lot of my friends who were in the construction business upon my retirement, they said, Joe, you've had so many fantastic successes and so many fantastic failures. You got to tell your story because I am a survivor. I lost $3 million on a construction contract at 27 years old. Wow. Yeah. And I, and I, I wanted to quit. And uh, I, at 27 years old, I'm going to quit, even though I lost my hair and ulcers and things like that. But I, I, I got through it through perseverance, uh, fighting adversity, uh, which led to then writing my other book, uh, Building Positive Character, uh, 50 Tips on Empowerment, Overcoming and Success. Uh, 25 chapters are about all the bad things that happen to you, so failure. Uh, the other half is, uh, you know, the good thing. So you, you take the bad, deal with it, learn from it, move on, uh, appreciate the, the, the good stuff. So a lot of perseverance. Absolutely. Which, which is what this industry is about. This is not an easy industry. It's not for the weak at heart. You know, we you, you work hard, work hard, and uh, submit a bid, and uh, you don't get it. And then you, you have uh, 10 minutes of remorse, and then pick yourself back up and do it again and do it again and do it again. Right. Uh, to give up is easy, but uh, we don't do that in this industry. No, absolutely not. If Failure is very common, especially on the what you said, on the estimating side, when you lose a bid like that, 80 to 90% of the time you lose is uh, you, you have to be accepting of failure and and how to get better. And it kind of takes me to my next point. I think it's a great segue. I was I was looking through your your blog on your website and I, I really was attracted to the words that you win by, the, the 10, uh, 10 segment words you win by. And I, I landed on one in number three that kind of fits perfectly with what you just said. And, and it's failure is a fact of life and becomes prominent only when you let it establish your mindset. And you hear so many leaders of companies talk about how failure was such a great thing for them and, and how it, you know, was a catalyst for something great in their careers. If you could talk a little bit about that quote or, or just around failure and, and what that did for you uh, to help, you know, turn the tide for you and, 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 you know, obviously direct a successful company companies. Yeah. It's uh, you know, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And so many people laugh at that, but the, you have to fail to learn. I, I <laughs> in my presentations, I use the story of uh, Thomas Edison tried thousands and thousands of times to perfect the light bulb, and he was mm -hmm. interviewed once. And the young reporter says, "Sir, don't you consider yourself a failure?" He goes, "Well, young man, no, not at all. Uh, in fact, uh, actually, <laughs> I'm I'm successful in finding thousands of ways it doesn't work. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but you got to have that. It's it's almost." Not quite fooling yourself, but uh, not letting the uh, the easy way out. And I, I failed, and I'm going to give up. Well, you know, he not only took that success, but started the uh, Thomas A. Edison Construction Company, 
uh, was the exclusive contractor installing light bulbs on streets. Oh, wow, yeah. Impressive. Uh, another part of, I, I guess, you know, in, in preparing for failure, is sort of knowing what you're getting into. And the construction industry is very unique in that it requires both left brain and right brain. Many industries don't. Assembly line people are, you know, I'm, I'm not criticizing or judging, but it, it, that's left brain and your psychologists are more right brain. But the, uh, the, uh, the strengths, of, you know, for the emotional right brain includes obviously personality, Got to have got to be a psychologist, great intelligence and common sense, uh, but also requires strength in the logical left brain, you know, including math, uh, architecture, engineering, objectivity, uh, computer skills, as well as hard mental and physical work. And if you're ready to accept those challenges, you're you're already on top of the ladder rather than down in the ditch when the failure occurs. That's good. That's a good outlook on. I like that. It's interesting. Uh, and so, Joe, what is your current companies, Egan Publications and Egan Connection? What is your all's core focus on those two companies? The uh, I go. I, I, I speak only to those in the construction industry, architects, engineers, general contractors, subcontractors. But as I said before, 80% of what I do is go to general contractors. I was just recently at a national one televised nationally for a uh, general contractor, uh, $1 billion a year annual revenue uh, as a keynote speaker for their uh, all company meeting. Cool. All right. Interesting. And Primarily, my two ones that I concentrate on is uh, customer relations to be or not to be, how to build, maintain, and not destroy relationships. Mm -hmm. uh, the other one is uh, presentation skills, what to do and not to do before, during, and after. And that's, a, again, that's more on the emotional side than the, you know, here, here's how many structural members we have, here's our schedule and all this left stuff. But again, like I said before, it doesn't separate from your competition. What does uh, is when you uh, find out you can actually sell at the right price, not the low price, oftentimes without any competition, knowing what type of buyers you are going to be dealing with. And basically, there's two different types of buyers, the left brain buyer and the emotional buyer. You don't want to be dealing and negotiating with a logical buyer because the logical buyer in the selection committee uh, will say uh, two plus two equals four and two plus three equals five. Uh, obviously, four is less than five, and I will take that low bid because mm -hmm. there's no emotional justification for him to make any other decision. Right. The emotional buyer who deals in gut feelings and hunches and the sixth sense says, I know that four is less than five, but I also know they're pretty close. And something inside me, because of the emotional impact that this contractor did at this presentation, tells me I'm going to sleep better at night and take less aspirin and will pay that premium. Absolutely. You know, you said, you said something interesting there at the beginning, 
Joe, on on about relationships and that being being one of the big things that you uh, you go and consult on. And I think that that's lost, unfortunately, a lot of times in the construction industry. You know, I think I, I think a lot of times people think that because the construction industry is is the largest, one of the largest in terms of GDP, you know, actual dollars spent and used in the in the United States or world that there's just too many people for you to really know anyone in the construction industry. And the reality is it's a small world out there, even in the construction industry. And and what what your path's crossing with someone that you think you may never see again, that could come back in 10 years uh, and, and, you know, be a, be a great thing or a bad thing for you, depending on how the experience was. And that's something that we've seen and we try to, we, we try to practice here as well as just being customer obsessed and, making sure that you know our the relationships that we have with our clients are, are top notch we want to you know do everything we can to foster those into great relationships because we've seen it pay dividends in a good way for us and we've also seen you know in our industry how it can go sour uh, so that it's such a crucial thing those relationships it really is and i i may be sounding critical here but you know i'm i'm fairly old and I remember uh, actually having to get in the car and drive across town to meet with your customer. Mm-hmm. Well, you don't have to do that anymore. You're right. Uh, you do that with technology, but the, the relationship isn't the same doing it that way. Right. Because actually your customers, in addition to wanting good service, they want a positive emotional relationship and you can't get that through email. It's it. Now you're right. It's, it's not like it used to be for sure where a handshake was was the way a lot was done in the construction industry you know it, it's it's how things got done and you lived by your word and what you said you were going to do yeah and it's uh it, it, it's all the basis of, of trust and i use the re, uh, uh analogy of uh, it's called the relationship bridge so let's say you are the uh uh I, I'm the customer and you're the uh, general contractor. And there has to be a relationship between us and it's called a bridge. And the brick and the mortar of that bridge is is trust. And the trust is they, the customer knows they're vulnerable to you, mm-hmm. but they believe that you will not take advantage of that vulnerability. So the brick and mortar is the trust. The reason for that bridge, therefore the relationship, is to get the money out of the customer's bank and put it into your bank. Mm-hmm. If there's no relationship bridge, there's no transfer of money. If there's no transfer of money, there's no revenue. If there's no revenue, there's no paycheck. If there's no paycheck, there's no food on the table. So we have to understand throughout the culture of the company that customer equals food on the table, period. Everything else is secondary. Yeah, that's a great way to look at it as well. That's a good insight. Talking a little bit, Joe, about future planning. And I know you said you retired early, uh, re- retired at 50. And so maybe you can speak on this either a- as you retired or as part of your, uh, when you were building your construction company, or even even now, do you, do you have a five-year plan, a 10-year plan, or how do you kind of prepare for the future? Uh, <laughs> well, I'm 70 years old right now. <laughs> and I, uh, I continue to, uh, my publisher wants me to write another book. Uh, right now, I have a social media person sending out uh, basically flyers to 
5,000 of my followers on LinkedIn, uh, getting my uh, speaking career kicked back because during COVID, those are some pretty dry years. I can imagine, yeah, absolutely. So Joe, tell me a little bit about any, were there any significant events that that shaped your your business model today that you have? I know you, you talked about losing a, a substantial sum of money when you were in your late 20s. Is there a significant event or events that shaped your, your business today? Yes. Uh, struggling with, um, as I mentioned before, trying to survive in this low bid market. Mm -hmm. uh, my overhead was a million dollars a month uh, based on, you know, about $100 million a year in revenue. Uh, so it's a 10% overhead. Well, we're we're in this low bid deal and uh, we had to be bidding jobs at three, four, 5% margin, having a 10% overhead. I go, well, all, all we're doing is being stupid and, and wishing for a miracle on the job that all of a sudden uh, something great is going to happen and it's going to be a lot easier than we thought it would be, but that doesn't happen. So that was a point that I said, you know, if I'm going to stay in this business, I'm not going to be bidding jobs at a 5% margin with the 10% overhead. Mm -hmm. And that's when I went in and I, I listened and I learned and I read, uh, you know, again, I maybe repeating myself but you know how to get these jobs at the right price and not the low price right and uh and i, and I won and sometimes i i would meet somebody and only know him for about three or four weeks and then uh he goes well i'm, I'm going to give you the contract why just something inside of me that says i can trust you and i mm -hmm. and i i don't have time to bid these jobs it's a, it's a rush job so it, uh, the rewards are fantastic, but a lot of people don't want to do it. Right. Yeah, that's it, no, it, 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 they don't. There's a, there's definitely a grind to it, and it's, it's interesting hearing you talk about the, the low bid portion of it, and that can really affect, really affect quality. And I think we probably, probably everybody, you and I, and thousands, millions of other people can probably have a story for. Uh, a poor quality product or something that wasn't desirable because you went with the lowest price and it's not always the it's not always the best route to go and I've been encouraged a little seeing especially in the federal market a lot of what we deal in then starting to to factor in a little bit more best value instead of just strict lowest price and you know doesn't matter if it's you know somebody coming up in a pickup truck with a toolbox in the back if they're the lower lowest price, we're taking them just because they're the lowest price. Well, it, it was a little short-sighted in that respect in that you didn't see how much you were going to have in change orders and poor quality repairs after warranty periods expired and all the all the negative things that went along with that. Uh-huh. So and then you get to do one job and never never get invited again. Exactly. Exactly. Then you get blacklisted, right? Yes. <laughs> I would say that the job that we're on now is trying to sell the next one down the road. <laughs> right. Absolutely. What what uh what kind of skills or abilities do you have that help that help your business either now your your construction business what was it that was something that you excelled in that you think really helped to to grow your businesses and and make them successful? 
Okay. Uh, again, knowing the uh, two different buyers, mm -hmm. uh, knowing, uh, finally realizing and making it simple, uh, the two things that customers want. Uh, number one, to feel good, and number two, to have their problem solved. Mm -hmm. Also knowing that uh, it, it's a difficult challenge, you know, to meet those four pillars of safety, quality, budget, and schedule. And those right. are hard, very hard to do. But the realization that when you achieve those, you're only matching yourself to your competitor who also does those things. So you have to be more beyond that. And that's when we get into the relationship bid. Um, knowing that despite all the gains in technology, uh, construction industry is really one of the few that remains uh, as being relationship driven. Mm -hmm. uh, the realization that people do business with people they want to do business with, and somehow they find that way. Uh, the trick right. is you got to find that way is also. Uh, realizing that the best sales plan is trust and problem solving. Uh, knowing that the worst sales plan is uh, betrayal of trust and finger pointing. And I think, you know, of all the emotions and negative emotions, uh, there is uh, a cure for a lot of emotions, negative emotions. But when the trust is betrayed, I don't know if there's an anecdote for it. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, it's like taking a piece of paper and crumbling it up and trying to smooth it over again. But it'll never be the same. You're right. It'll never. You're right. It won't. And 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 going back to that relationship bridge with the the brick and the mortar is trust. And again, the customer trusts that you will not take advantage of vulnerabilities. But you think about it, how vulnerable a customer is. So you know, let's say on you know bid day, uh, project manager gives out a contract for uh, you know a million five. And his boss comes up to him and says, well, what'd you do today, man? Well, I gave Egan a contract for a million and a half. Oh, um, let's see the drawing. Well, <laughs> we're still working on that. This is a design, bid, build type of thing. Um, well, uh, can I see the specifications? Well, we're, we're, we'll be working on those. Yeah, but you already gave the contract. Well, we're not done with the specs yet. But... So we're vulnerable to change orders? Yeah. Okay, can I see the schedule? We'll work on that too. So we could have delays? Well, yeah. So on and on and on and on. Now, by the time this conversation is over, Matt, you're pretty vulnerable. And you're going to go to bed at night hoping I don't take advantage of those vulnerabilities by an a accelerated schedule, a change orders. And, oh, come on, Matt. You, this is not a nuclear power plant. You don't want that much quality. And that's that's when that bridge goes down. Mm -hmm. And knowing that your competitor already has another bridge ready to go. So you're yeah. done. Yeah. So that's why the, the worst sales plan is betrayal of trust and that finger pointing. Mm -hmm. And also uh, have respect you know, for yourself and others. Uh, know how to negotiate. Uh, I studied uh, Aristotle. Uh, on his persuasion skills and is still the same model used by many people today. Uh, and an unconventional thinking, you know, march to a different dry, drummer. Don't just don't do what your competitor is doing. Mm -hmm. Think outside the box. 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. What advice would you give to someone that would want to pursue, pursue either an executive level position or, or even to, to elaborate a little bit more on that, someone that would want to enter into the construction industry, maybe a new grad um, at Minnesota State out of the construction management program? Is there, is there some advice that you give to them? Uh, yes. Um, knowing that when you, when you do come out of CM, that you got to work both sides of that brain mm -hmm. and convince yourself and, and acknowledge, um, well, there's like seven different keys I, I always think about and try to tell other people to, mm -hmm. you know, to be successful and get yourself up to the top. Knowing that most of this business is promoting from within, but you have to know your purpose. You know what gets you out of bed, mm -hmm. uh, and it's simply by asking yourself the question: Why am I here? What am I? Why? Why do I want to get to the executive position? Okay, what's it going to do for me? And what can I do for others? Mm -hmm. And and a lot of that is. I, a lot of people think success is, you know, uh, who can uh, accumulate the most material things. But I, I think true success is the value you bring to yourself and also to others. Uh, and then fulfilling that purpose requires requires good principles, um, which is what you're willing to stand on and stand for. you got to be strong here. Somebody's trying to push you around at the uh, construction site. you got to have principles. You're not going to be shoved around. Mm -hmm. A lot of in construction, when I first started out, unfortunately, I started out in power plants and refineries where the, uh, the strategy was get them before they get you. Right. And it, it, it hardened me really hard, uh, almost too hard. Uh, but then the purpose and the principles then develop into good character and character is what you do when other people aren't looking. Right. Uh, Got to have the right values. Um, you know, the rules for what you believe is worthy. Uh, successful people in construction value, trustworthiness, certainly dependability, uh, loyalty, you know, from your uh, employees and sincerity, uh, knowing the difference between a leader and a dictator. Uh, leaders have underlined the word willing followers. Dictators have force followers. So, uh, dictators, uh, you know, you equate with uh, narcissism, and uh, the only thing that's for sure is you're going to fail because nobody's going to follow you. Right. Uh, and you got to have the the right attitude, uh, which is a personal choice. Uh, you can choose to be an optimist or a pessimist. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> optimists uh, <laughs> tend to live longer and happier, healthier lives, but that's your choice. Right. Um, and then courage, um, being able to face fear, even when you're afraid, you know, we build these projects and we don't get to practice them, do we? We don't rehearse them. So you're going into this thing, <laughs> here's the plans, here's the specifications, here's the project site. It's scary, especially for, you know, your younger project managers. Right. Uh, but you, you got to face that. Uh, courage also requires that you face your weaknesses mm -hmm. and try to build upon them. Or at least like I do, I hire somebody that knows a lot more than I do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, and then finally, emotional intelligence. And that word is thrown around all the while. But I think if you just narrow it down, uh, it, it's two things. The ability to manage your emotions uh, and the emotions of others without getting all emotional about it. You know, you right. have in there, you know, people holding hands and stuff like that. It's it's not the, the mushy stuff. But, um, you know, count to 10 before you slam the door and knock the hinges off the wall because um, it it's there's so many surprises in this industry which can lead to drama which could lead to bad emotional things and you know you say the wrong thing to the wrong person at the wrong time and that's sort of a, a forever ever statement yeah i that that last point is a is a one that sticks with me and resonates with me a little bit i uh, several of those that you mentioned are are similar to what I have told students. You know, we myself and then uh, Dr. Arias, our CEO, have taught at the construction management program at Eastern Kentucky University. And a, a couple of those that that you said there echo. One of them being, it's it's not an easy industry. Construction is not an easy industry, and and if you go out and you're not confident in yourself and your abilities and and your understandings of what you're doing, you will get chewed up and spit out quickly. <laughs> and, and and people will make no qualms about doing it. So you have to be confident in in your abilities and your decisions. And it can be nerve, you know, it can be very nerve-wracking the first time you sit down to a table to negotiate a, a six-figure change order or, or something to that effect. It's very nerve-wracking. And especially when you're sitting on the other side of the aisle from from someone who has 25 years of experience in doing it, but that that kind of stuff hardens you, and and makes you you know makes you a better project manager or project engineer or what you know whatever your title is. And then I love the I love the emotional intelligence angle, um, and I've had to learn that one the hard way, like I'm sure you probably have as well. And and a lot of people listening to this have probably had to learn. I was uh, a a bit more rambunctious, you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, and uh, I had my share of screaming matches and you know just unnecessary blow-ups with with folks out on site that didn't need to happen and i look back on it now and i'm like why <laughs> there's a better way to handle that 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 would have probably resulted but would have probably had a much more positive result than than two folks screaming at each other over something minuscule so it it's that's a very good point and obviously something i would echo and then again we i'm going full circle back to relationships and what you said they're just you you were you are going to encounter the same people over and over and over in the construction industry and you might not think it but you will and how you treat that person today is going to be indicative of how well you you do in 10 years possibly or 15 or 20 whatever it might be oh so true yeah it's uh again back in the my early days uh, on the refineries and power plants you know, we were working uh, oftentimes month after month, uh, seven days a week, mm -hmm. uh, two 12-hour shifts. So we, we never stopped, you know, for months at a time. And uh, people, I didn't, you know, and I was on-site project management living in a trailer for four years because the project site was 100 miles away from my home and my right. family. And, yeah, I remember... Uh, yelling and screaming and uh, again there you know 
uh, get them before they get you. And I, I became very soured. And I thought, all this energy on the negativity of this industry, but you can fall into that so fast and become bitter. And then thou, then you start um, taking advantage of people. Right. Uh, and get the upper hand on them. And, uh, you know, doing, doing the... the Nickel dime change orders when you when you don't deserve it and stretching out the schedule and you know uh, act, acting you know for claim for uh, extended schedule or acceleration and yeah those things happen but unless it's big big dollars roll with it deal with it get yourself in a position for the next job because again customers want two things they want to feel good and they want to have their problem solved right. Uh, on <laughs> the issue of problem solving, uh, it's it's a great thing to have on your resume. It travels very well, but it also is is great, you know, for uh, your existing customers. And I, I coined the word subconscious reliance. And if you are the the problem solver for your customer, and they have a problem, uh, either something that you did or something within your company subconsciously they're going to call you to solve it you know you didn't do it but somebody in your company may have caused it and once you become that problem solver you're in right and 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 they will pay a premium to have you on that project but a, a lot of people don't realize the importance of it i've had some students that say well what's the, you know <laughs> why do i have to doing problem solving presentation skills. But I had a project manager that came up to me, uh, a, a, an experienced project manager, very, very good one, doing a lot of our refinery work. And he came to me one day and he said, Joe, I'm so frustrated. I said, Gene, what's wrong? He said, I can't do my job. I said, why? He said, my customers keep calling me and wanting me to solve their problems. <laughs> I said, Gene, that's your job. Yeah, but I can't do these other things. I said, we'll, we'll find somebody in the administration to take care of all your paperwork. You go and you just solve those problems. And I okay. said, just think of this. If, if, if there weren't any problems, the elves came in overnight and solved all the problems, what would the value be to you, your customer? He goes, you know, I haven't thought about that. And it, it was a transformational. And, um, but if, if, if problems are a pain, okay, but it's part of the business. Expect, right. get it solved, get ready for the next one. But to soften the blow of mental, you know, it's it's like, oh my God, I got a problem. You don't sleep at night. But if you take a problem and you separate it into two sections, the problem and the solution, okay? The problem is the negative part. Now we got a solution. Okay, now transcend out of that negative problem mindset and into the solution. Now the solution is a, is a positive thing. The difference between going from the problem to the solution is two things, time and money. Mm -hmm. I like that. That's good. So Joe, to kind of wrap up here, um, we'll do a rapid fire on, uh, on this last part. And so on a scale of one to 10, uh, writing the importance in the construction, writing the importance of this in construction, one being the least least important or not as important to ten being very important. 
I'll ask you ask you some different portions of construction and you kind of rate them. Uh, first one being scheduling. Uh, well, if we're into left brain or right brain, well, <laughs> scheduling is left brain. Uh, scheduling is, um, I'd say that with all the technology that's out there, it's in, important, but I don't think it really separates you from your competition. Okay. Estimating? Uh, high importance. Okay. Co uh, contract administration? I would say uh, if you could have somebody working for a project manager to do that because they should be out on the job where the rubber hits the road. Too many times a company will think that, um, you know, we're making the money in the office. No, you don't. You, you count it in the office. You make <laughs> it or lose it in the field. So get out there. Okay, I like that. That's good. Design? Uh, with all the CAD and uh, uh, imaging, I, I would say it's hard to separate yourself from the competition. Okay. Uh, contracts? Very important. Know what you're committed to. Accounting? Uh, administrative. Doesn't separate you. Business development? Huge. Uh, very high. I would say it's probably the highest of anyone that you did right now. Okay. And the last one, leadership. Uh, okay. Uh, I, yeah, yeah. Two different types of people. Your business development are your guys that go out there on the street and doing the relationships and things like that. Uh, they are the face of the company. Uh, it's sort of an external position. Internal is, is leader. Again, if uh, if you're a dictator, you're not a leader. You got to have people that are willing to follow you and and set the example. Mm -hmm. uh, there's I, two different types of leaders, both and both of them can be very successful. I've known many of them. It's the hands on or the hands off. Okay. Hands off are I'm going to delegate and I'm going to pay you vice presidents a ton of money, and I'm going to go down to my home in Florida uh, during the winter and uh, Keep sending me the checks. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Then there is the hands-on. They are all walking up and down the halls. They're talking to people. Uh, how you doing? How can, how can I help you? Uh, things like that. So it's almost like a, a father figure in the, in right. the company. Uh, both work. But what happens is when the hands-off leader comes back, you know, in the spring of the year, and decides how he's going to roll up his sleeve and now tell the vice presidents, you know, how to do this and how to do that. They go, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> You've been gone for six months. I've been doing this. Leave me alone. <laughs> right. I'm doing my job. It's, it's, it's insulting. But then again, on the other half, you know, the father figure sometimes takes on too much duty and is afraid to delegate. Right. And uh, now you, the, the growth of your employees is uh, minimal. Love it. Well, Joe, anything else, uh, any final thoughts or anything before we wrap up today? Uh, yeah, I had the uh, opportunity once of, uh, uh, we, we called it the legends and uh, up here in an AGC meeting. We had 400 people in the attendance and we brought in four or five of you know, the guys who in town here, the big owners that uh, started pushing wheelbarrows and had billion dollar businesses. 
And I asked him, and you know, sort of a, uh, they're up on the tables there. I said, briefly, if you could describe success in a couple of words, what would it be? And every one of them said essentially the same thing. Keep your promises and everything will work out. I like that. Then also, you know, Sir Winston Churchill, never, 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 never give up. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess, well, finally, you know, knowing that success is long term and remember that the road to success is always under construction. <laughs> I like that. I'm going to use that one, John. I, I, was, I was thinking you were going bumpy or curvy or something, but always under construction. That fits well. Oh. <laughs> Well, Joe, thank you. I appreciate your time. Uh, we'll we'll uh, we'll definitely be in touch. Much appreciated. Thank you. I uh, thank you, and I hope I added some value for uh, you and your company.